Kira Klingenberg here. Kira Lindenberg also here. Today with Jefferson Smith. Hi. We're bringing you another episode of Everything is Interesting. So I don't know if you've noticed, but lately there's been a resurgence among a fringe percentage of the population who have chosen to believe that the Earth is not round. Appropriately known as Flat Earthers, they collectively call themselves the Flat Earth Society. Like Kyrie Irving, now of the Boston Celtics, formerly of the world champion Cleveland Cavaliers. Also, I believe Shaquille O'Neal, but I don't remember if he actually said he was joking or not. I hope he was but joking. Yes. Yeah, I, I hope they're all joking, but I have a feeling they're not. So, and that's our reaction. We looked into Flat Earth theory, and it's weird. So, on today's show, we're going to share what we found and expose some of the major holes in their so-called evidence by playing a game we call, Is It Flat Earth Theory? Or Sir Terry Pratchett's Discworld. I'm very glad we're talking about Flat Earth. I'm very glad. Thank you. I'll shut up now. <laughs> in, case, <laughs> in case, just for all of those you out, who are out there who are unfamiliar with the late, great satirical fantasy writer Sir Terry Pratchett, his most popular book series takes place in the fictional universe of the Discworld. It's populated by uh, failed wizards, clumsy witches, and trolls whose brains work better the colder it gets. And the Discworld is aptly named because in it, the planet is flat like a record, or I guess like a disc. So anyway, you guys ready to play? Jefferson? Yes. Alex, awesome. All right, so our producers, Nick. Hi. And Lindsay. Hello. Are going to read some passages describing a flat planet. And you get to decide if we pulled each one from the Flat Earth Society's literature or from a Sir Terry Pratchett Discworld novel. Which I might point out is meant to be fictional, right? Yes, and fun. Novels? Okay. okay. All right, Lindsay, help us set the stage with our first description of the flat earth mindset. All right. Envision a world where we do not take quantitative evidence into account, where people reject the very notion of calculated research in favor of a much more emotionally fulfilling strategy. Known as the empirical approach, this is the practice of relying solely on the information provided directly by your human senses to determine what is real. Good method of analysis if you don't want to think too hard, but bad if you've lost your eyeballs in a rabid squirrel encounter. I think... I'm think? going Pratchett's Discworld. How come? Because if I were going to... Tra- now, Pratchett in Discworld, he's the one who is making fun of? Like, what, what's his position? No, he's just a really excellent writer who's just written like okay. 40 different books, and his main world happens to also be a flat world. That's like his, that's like his fantasy well, I could, I, This one to me is a hard one. I, I will say, how come, just because I picked one and there were two options. <laughs> Fair enough. But All right. The, but, the, but, the, but, but why? what I was thinking about was that this? if I were going to start out by saying there was a flat world, what the first thing I'd have to do is to say, well, there's a couple ways you could look at this. You could either look at, you could either listen to a bunch of dum-dums, or you can trust your own senses. You could either deal with conjecture, or you can use real empiricism. I would try to flip the science argument to make the science empirical evidence argument back up my weird position. That's what I would do. Yes. All right. Yeah. That's that's. Are you sure you're not a flat earther, Jefferson? You're so good, Jefferson. That's, pretty, that's one of the main methods that the Flat Earth Society uses to gather support for their theory. Here is a passage as pulled from the flatearthsociety.org's frequently asked question pages. Quote, there are several readily apparent proofs of the planet's flatness. The surfaces of bodies of water have been shown to be level. There is no visible curvature to the horizon, even from airplanes. We don't even have a full shot of the Earth rotating from space. One almost has to ask, is there any real evidence the Earth is a globe? 
Yes, globes. <laughs> I had one. My school had one. They're all over the place. Globes. <laughs> I mean, math would be my answer, but you're also right about the globes. Also, these are totally superficial claims. They discount our limitations as humans, like our size, the sensitivity of our sense organs, and the fact that our perception is largely based on how our individual brains fill in the gaps in sensory data. And, you know, just because a cloud looks like a floating ball of solid cotton doesn't mean that I won't fall to my death if I jump out of a plane and try to land on one. All right, let's take a minute to talk about the idea that the Earth must be flat because the surfaces of the bodies of water we see are shown to be level. Okay, have you ever been on shore and watched a boat sail out to sea? Yes, I assumed it dropped into the limitless void or instantly was transported to the opposite end of Discworld. Of course you did. That's my guess, too. There has to be some sort of portal at the end of every Time ocean. portal. Yeah. So it sort of appears to recede into the distance, getting smaller and smaller until finally dropping over the horizon. Well, flat earthers claim that the ship never dips below the horizon because the horizon, like the Earth, is flat. Uh, instead, the ship just becomes so tiny that we can't see it anymore because that's just what it looks like to the naked eye. But... It doesn't look that way if you use a powerful telescope to zoom in. Then you can see that the hull of the boat, the bottom of the boat, disappears first, and then the sails, until eventually the entire boat dips below the horizon. And people observed this thousands of years ago. It would help us figure out that the Earth was rounded in the first place. Because while the ocean follows the curve of the Earth, so the ship disappears as it travels over the peak of the curve and out of our line of sight. Really, relying on the what I see is what I believe idea is kind of shaky, you know? Consider that if we paid no attention to instruments or calculations, we also wouldn't believe in things like germs, molecules, or air. So let's go on we to We already our... know that Jefferson doesn't believe in air. <laughs> right, Jeff Jefferson doesn't believe in air. I believe in air, just not gas. <laughs> oh, right, oh, right. Yes. My apologies. Two shows now with the gas relation or, uh, <laughs> reference. This is good. All right, on to our second description, read by producer Nick. Behold the earth, flat as a pancake and round as a wheel. At the center of the disk is a place locked forever in ice, known as the hub. Here lies a towering spire of rock marking the exact center of the world, known to the believers as the Cori Celesti. The <laughs> Hold it together, man. <laughs> the hub is surrounded by the ocean, with the continents radiating out from it. If you travel away from the hub, you would reach the outermost part of the disk, known simply as the rim. Travel too far rimwards and, well, be careful, because you might just fall off the edge and into space. Dun, dun, dun. So is this answer from the Flat Earth Society or from Pratchett's Discworld? It's got to be Pratchett's Discworld. It sounds like a science fiction novel. Yeah, it's, it's amazing because Pratchett is such a better writer than the whoever it is that writes FlatEarthSociety.org. No offense, but, you know, Pratchett did get paid for this. And you're right. It's fiction, the fantasy novel kind. But strangely enough, it's not that different from the Earth, according to some flat earthers. Yeah, the flat earthers believe that the North Pole is sort of the center of this flat disk like Earth and all the continents are sort of surrounding it. Um, and it would look like kind of if you looked at a globe from the top, except that it's not a globe, it's flat, and that the southern ends of the continents are like way further apart and that the oceans are these super, super huge, gigantic things. And as you might imagine, there are glaring issues with trying to verify this arrangement unless you believe in the portals. You let, like, the vast amounts of photos and video documentation of a very much round globular Earth taken from space. 
Also consider that a flight from the southern tip of Chile to the southern Australian city of Sydney takes about, oh, 12 hours to complete. But if the Earth was flat, these two places would lie clear across this huge disk from one another, and the vast distance between them would only be possible to traverse in that time if the plane you were in was traveling at twice the speed of sound. So why do flat earthers still believe the Earth is flat, despite evidence that should fall within their empirical approach? Well, because obviously, everybody is lying to us. Right. Flat Earth society believes that for the sake of, you know, legacy, money, power, or sometimes just to hide the truth of the Bible, that we are being lied to by astronauts from around the world. Airplane pilots. Air traffic controllers. Map makers. Timekeepers. And, you know, the entirety of NASA. Also, satellites are totally fake, apparently. Globes. Duh. Yeah, globes. Everyone fake. knows that. <laughs> I don't know how my cell phone works. It's magic. Talk about distrust and paranoia-based reasoning, huh? Here's my other beef: is that all the round pictures? I shouldn't say all the round. The, the bulk of the, the the entirety, let's call it that, of the round pictures are different. Right there, so you'd go on the space and take a picture of the Earth, and yeah, it's round. It looks you could say it's two dimensional, except they're all different. So there can't be a rim, right? There couldn't be different angles it was shot for, you know. You know Kyrie Irving right? can't make can't uh, make the pass to the corner after he draws the defense. That's his greatest weakness as a basketball player. His greatest weakness as an analyst is the flat Earth crap. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. I thought I, you were you well, were sarcastically supporting flat Earth theory there, but I see what you're no. saying. <laughs> right? That, you're like, sarcastically supporting basketball. Um, <laughs> you're look if. To take the hat of a flat earther really quickly, I can dispute your issue. People who believe in flat earth believe that all of those photos from space are fake and we never went to space. But, like, I'm not doing a show about that. (laughs) I'm only here to talk about science. I just, I can't, like, I refuse to let myself go down that hallway. But but I have to. I'm only allowed to ask questions during specified portions, and this is my specified portion, so I have to ask this question. (laughs) What is there, like, what's the motive that they say? Why would it be better if the Earth, like, to me, I've always just figured we're trying to figure it out. That's, like, why Copernicus died, right? Not because he was, like, part of the Illuminati, but because, like, he was trying to figure stuff out. Do they ever say the motive of this round Earth, you know, like, Like why? I I believe that it's because they, they, it's to expose the truth. So their motive yeah. is this idea that but, like but what oh, do they think the what do they think your motive is? Well, well, there's actually quite a few different ones. I think well, like the the seeking of money and power and like to hide things that supposedly are well, actually, I don't. That's a good question. I don't understand. Like, I, wh- has, who has, has what to gain? Is it like the it South Pole conspiracy? With no, no. Listen, listen, listen. If the flat earthers buy into the same rationale as people who believe that we didn't go to the moon, which I would assume that they do because they both think that NASA is fake. And but whatever. I understand why people do... think that. I understand. Like, like this was a way for the United States to demonstrate, like, its strength. But I don't understand who gains, right? K. Bono, I don't understand who gains from a flat, well, from did, a round earth theory. I did, read, I did read that the whole idea that NASA is lying to us is because that way we'll continue to fund their program and give them uh, money. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. But again, yes. I, I don't know exactly, like, like, you, like you said, you could just believe that NASA is fake. You don't have to believe the Earth is flat to also believe that NASA is lying to you, but somehow it all correlates. Also, right, we cracking. figured out that the Earth was round like 2,500 years ago. So I don't like, why is it NASA's fault and not like every mathematician right. for the last... All right, well, know. we got to keep moving on because yeah. we're, we are running out of time. Oh, right, 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 so. right. Yeah, I forgot we were doing a show. Okay, here's Lindsay with our third description of flat Earth. Is it Sir Terry Cratchit's Discworld fiction or is it flat Earth society fact? 
All along the entire edge of the disk we call home is a 150-foot wall of ice, several hundred meters thick. How far the ice extends, how it terminates, and what exists beyond it are questions to which no present human experience can reply. Some hold that the tundra of ice and snow stretches forever eternally. Surrounding the world's oceans, this near-vertical tower of ice prevents the waters of the ocean from spilling out over the edge and into the vastness of space. Never mind how it got there, we're just happy it keeps regular sharks from becoming the terrifying, legendary space sharks. It's got to be Flat Earth Society. You're getting good, Jefferson. He's not a good writer. You include me in, too, because it's not as good a writing. Yeah, this is actually, some of the description is actually a direct <laughs> quote from one of the Flat Earth Society's many websites. Because I was saying, uh, like, like space sharks, that's some crap I might Well, say. we made that up. Okay. Yeah, that's what <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, the space sharks was, you know. Some Flat Earthers believe, some Flat Earthers actually believe that those who claim to have circumnavigated the Earth never actually crossed Antarctica, because what we think is Antarctica is actually this giant ice wall. Instead, they claim that, quote, circumnavigation of the Earth is simply traveling a circular path around the North Pole. So you're just kind of like going around the disk like hands on a clock forever. Wait a minute. So which is the center? The South Pole or the North Pole? North Pole. The North Pole. There is no South Pole. So the South Pole is just a great rim. It's just just a huge rim of ice. It's an enormous, impassable rim, and nobody knows that they haven't gone around. Yeah, exactly. But you know... It's an enormous, impassable, giant ice wall. Yeah, huge ice wall. I would say... Yeah, like if, if you know, if, if a bunch of characters in Game of Thrones can climb this ice wall, then like I think somebody from our actual Earth could climb this we ice wall. You should totally. I want yeah, to see what's and, on the And side. try telling the people who have actually crossed Antarctica that they didn't. I won't try. Right. <laughs> right, because they, like, they'd be like, hello, I d- why don't you believe me? For example, in 2012, this woman named Felicity Aston skied from one end of Antarctica all the way to the other because she's apparently the most badass woman on the planet. And you know what? She never found where the ice wall drops off into outer space. She just made it to the other side of the continent. You know, also, in uh, just to drop some Sir Terry Pratchett Discworld knowledge, there is no ice wall in his fantasy world, and the ocean actually does just fall endlessly over the rim of the disk and into space. I sort of like that, you know? Like, and, and how does all that falling ocean water replenish itself? Well, Pratchett says, quote, it makes its own arrangements. <laughs> yeah. I like Discworld so much Pratchett's good. Flat if you've Earth. never read Pratchett, I highly recommend it. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, nobody does. Spaceships, like by the okay. way, if you could get spaceship real estate right on the other side of that and see that never ending <laughs> waterfall, that would become some of the best real estate in the world. Totally. If only Ratchet's world were real. All right. Keep Who going. wouldn't go yeah. on that tour? I'd go. Okay. If you're just joining us, this is Everything is Interesting, and we're playing a game where you have to decide whether a description comes from the Flat Earth Society or from Terry Pratchett's fictional Discworld novel. So let's move on to description number four, which explains how a flat Earth moves through space time. Take it away, Nick. The Earth certainly appears to be stable. How else could we stick so easily to it? But to the discerning eye, the Earth does indeed move. Many have become enamored with wild ideas as to how and why, but by far the most convincing theory is that the Earth is simply being lifted endlessly into space, propelled by, you guessed it, dark matter. This endless upward movement keeps everything on the disk firmly in place. Much the same way as a jello cake it together, sticks man. to a slippery <laughs> plate as long as you thrust it straight upwards fast enough. A very common example of jello. Um, thanks, dark energy. Gravity, who needs it? It's right, the Jefferson. flat earthers. I, I, it's got to be the flat earthers. Because it just reads like a Reddit thread. And now I think I figured out that the same bots who elected the current president are the flat earthers. I made up the jello thing, though. Yes. I didn't make that up. That was that was the I take credit for the jello message of this whole show. 
Also, yeah, if 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 Jello Earth was a theory, that is the one I would subscribe to. Also, we got but, a text by the way. How much money and power do Kira and Kira get peddling their round Earth nonsense? The answer is a zillion dollars. One Please zillion. Continue. One zillion. <laughs> one gajillion. So yeah, okay. So this this description that Nick just read is actually a flat Earth concept, and it's not the most widely held belief among their society. But frankly, none of their other explanations of gravity make any sense either. One of my favorite flat Earth quotes debunking gravity is this. Quote, gravity as a theory is false. Objects simply fall. Circular reasoning, anyone? But the oh, idea that Nick God. just read basically says that we don't exactly fall down so much as the ground rises up to meet us. Because, you know, dark energy. Angelica. According to most flat earthers, gravity still does exist, but it's so incredibly weak that it has little to no influence on bodies of mass. Which sure is a convenient way to get past the very concrete evidence that if gravity does exist, there's no way the Earth would be any shape but spherical. Because physics... Because physics, because everything goes in towards itself. But I guess okay, well, this- there's also the possibility that we don't understand gravity, right? Or the solar system. Maybe the ancients were right and the sun actually goes around the Earth. So is that real theory or Terry Pratchett imagination? Let's find out. Lindsay, take us on to our fifth and final description. All right. Here on the flat world, the sun and the moon are tiny and orbit the disk in complex patterns. The sun casts its light on various parts of the disks as it circles. The moon also shines thanks to the silvery glow glowing plants that cover the light side of it completely. The dark half of the moon faces the sun and being so close to it is burnt black by the heat. Pratchett. Called Pratchett? I think it's Pratchett. Nice. It is yeah. Pratchett. Right. But it's Anything not... as beautiful as silvery glowing <laughs> moon plants That's is Pratchett. definitely Pratchett. <laughs> but the th- here's the thing. It's not far off from flat earth ideals. And the here's flat the thing. Earthers... Go ahead. Well, I, let me just say, and, and I, I get what the flat earthers need. They need bots that write as well as Pratchett. Oh, like yeah. algorithms, like Pratchett they're, algorithms? They're Reddit I agree. boxes. They're, I agree. they're Reddit boxes. Their Reddit boxes oh. are not best-selling novelists. If you're not Please sure, continue. go to their websites and read. It, you yeah. will agree. Yeah, I feel like I feel like this is where I, I make a little pitch for, you know, like education in school, but I'm just I'm, that's a different show. So anyway, flat earthers believe that the sun-like object and the moon-like object are the same tiny size and travel in flat circular patterns above the earth disk, like spotlights above a stage. But if this were true, then besides the fact that it would never truly be nighttime anywhere as the sun set and got further away from wherever you were standing, it would also appear to us to shrink. But that doesn't happen. Instead, what we see is the sun changing color as it sets, not size. And why? Because the Earth is a sphere. Because when the sun is directly above you, light can travel straight through the atmosphere. But when it sets, light comes to you at an angle, meaning there's more atmosphere to traverse. Visible light from the sun is a mixture of all the different colors. So when it travels through all that extra atmosphere, long-wavelength blue light has more chance of running into dust particles in the air and scattering off in different directions. The short-wavelength red light, however, skirts by all the dust and travels in a straight line to your eye. So when the sun is setting, you see far more short-wavelength light and the sun appears red. This is the same reason why the sun appears red in the sky right now with all the smoke from the nearby fires. The smoke particles scatter the blue light and only the red gets through. Fake news. I'm more convinced that Pratchett and the Flat Earthers are onto something. Cahoots? They're in cahoots? Oh, no. No, I'm not. I, I he would not never. No. He's nuts. a satirist. Yeah, more faith in there's got to be a few things we agree on, right? There's, just as a side, there's got to be some things that we agree on. And, and like Copernicus, like, like around Earth is one of them. All right, guys. Well, that was it for today's game. Thanks for playing along with us. We'll leave you with these thoughts. 
Believing in flowers, despite all the mathematical evidence otherwise, implies that you believe the scientific community of millions of people, dedicated scientists, over 2,000 years of history, are either collectively crazy or complicit in a huge conspiring lie. And assuming everyone else is lying to you sure is a dangerous way to rationalize a belief that otherwise has little to no supporting evidence. It's not that a commonly accepted science theory can't be wrong. I mean, real scientists are thrilled to derive new theories and debunk old ones. But until concrete mathematical evidence emerges to support the idea that the Earth really could be flat, we're going to stick with the well-established round Earth theory. You know, for now, I think that the best place for a flat Earth really should just be in Sir Terry Pratchett's fictional Discworld novels. Because the Discworld is, and he quotes, not governed by real-world physics or logic, but by belief and narrative resolution. If something is believed strongly enough or by enough people, it may become true. And that would be really neat if it was true. But as for us in the real world, we're going to stick to science. Um, We got a text. Why does the centrifugal force of the spinning spherical, in quotes, Earth not shoot us into space? Because we're also moving at the same Earth way the Earth is moving. I didn't make that. We're, We're spinning at the same speed the Earth is spinning. The end. We'll get to that in another show. Oh, Good like question. when I'm in a yeah. car. Like, it, like that would someone, be, centrifugal force and stuff would be a totally. And when I'm in a car. Or I centrifugal don't, force would be a whole other show. When I'm in a car, I don't fly to the back seat. I go the same speed as the car. Exactly, yeah. But if you exactly, hit your brakes, exactly. then you sort of boop. Yeah. As long as, as, long as the earth yeah, doesn't right. speed up or slow down, it goes the same speed, yeah. I'm cool. Don't, pu- don't push right. that button yeah. on the earth remote. We're wrap. Don't make it go faster. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. <laughs> For this episode of Everything is Interesting, I'm Kira Klingenberg. And I'm Kira Lindenberg. Thanks, Jefferson, as always, for hanging out with us today. And, and thank-, thank you so much to our producers, Lindsay and Nick, for reading descriptions in our games. I hope that you guys had fun, and we'll see you next time on Everything is Interesting, right here on X-Ray FM. You're listening to X-Ray. Up next, Nancy Pearl, nationally renowned librarian. You, didn't, you might not have known that there are a lot of nationally renowned librarians. I don't know if there are. But Nancy Pearl's one of them. So don't waste your mind on nursery rhymes, fairy tales, blood and wine. There's turtles all the way down the line. So to each their own, we go home. Other realms our souls must roam. To and through the myth that we all call space and time.